a fabulous day it is to be alive. Who here has moved from expectant to in awe? Who here has already seen the mighty hand of God or felt his love or found some peace in their heart or has questions and doesn't have a clue what's been going on this morning. I'm just going to pause before I do the thing. Because God put this verse on my heart. John chapter 5, starting at 19. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, that the son does likewise. For the father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these he will show him, so that you may marvel. For as the father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the son gives life to whom he will for the father judges no one but has given all judgments to the son that is to Jesus that all may honor the son just as they may honor the father whoever does not honor the son does not honor the father God who sent him truly truly I say to you whoever hears my word the word of God, and believes him who sent me, this is the words of Jesus, who believes God who sent me, Jesus, has eternal life. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. And I get the sense that there are some here who don't know what this life is. And I want to take this morning to introduce you to my Jesus. To my Lord, to my Savior, to the one who has given me hope beyond hope, life beyond life, joy beyond circumstance, peace beyond expectation. Who says no matter whether you go through the flood or fire, I will take your hand and I will hold you. Who says, no matter what you may face or what men may do to you, you are mine and I am yours. And he is giving an invitation to you this morning to know him. If you already know him, amazing, great to be family with you. He's calling you deeper. And if you don't know him yet, he is calling out your name and saying, I see you. I hear you. I know you. And I want to spend eternity with you, with me. Come join me. And we basically had, before we even started, the whole gospel message preached, which is that we mess up. We have mess. We do things we don't want to. We hurt people. We are hurt. We are living a life 
that isn't how we ever dreamed or expected when we looked forward and thought, this is what I want to be and this is what I want to do and things didn't go to plan. And he said, I'll step into that mess, into that stable, into that shed and come down because my plan is to get you back to the place you always desired that your heart yearns for, which is with me. The way I created you to be in fullness. And if you hear my word, and if you believe me, then you will have eternal life. He invites you today to join him for eternity. So I'm just going to take a moment, and then we'll actually start, <laughs> to invite you to join me in a prayer that some of you have said many times before and some of you this might be the first time but Lord Jesus I believe that you came to sort out my mess despite the fact I don't deserve it and you died on the cross that I might be forgiven and I might get a fresh start that I might be able to make heaven my home that your kingdom here on earth would be part of my place to join you to live with you to be a co-heir with you seated in heavenly places to be a friend not a slave to be a brother or a sister not alienated and an orphan and alone so lord i say i'm sorry and i want to leave my mess behind and choose love and choose you today I ask for your forgiveness and I turn from everything I've done and I say I choose to follow you in Jesus name amen okay wake that back up I am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the Father but by me. John 14, 6, we are starting the I Am, the Discipleship with Jesus series. We did the wells, redig the wells last week. Keith called us to a place of repentance and holiness and moving forward into all that God has for us, life. And John 14, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself, that where I am you may also be. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, 
you do know him and you have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and that is enough for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and do you still not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father dwells in me and does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or else believe on account of the works themselves. For truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these he will do because I'm going to be with my father and whatever you ask in my name, this I will do that the father may be glorified in the son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Okay, very important question. If Jesus is the way, we need to know how to get there. He says, I know how to get there, I'm going to show you. When we plot a route, we may use a map. Who here knows how to read a map? Who here is very excited by reading maps? There's a few of you. And some of you will know that what you see on a page like this, I'll give you a close-up in a minute, um, looks very different to what you see in front of your face. You can see here that somebody has very kindly plotted a route using a map originally and taken photos on the way. And they show you little snapshots of what it looks like to walk the routes that they have been on. We don't need that anymore. We can see where we're going. But do you know what it feels like to do that? Do you know what it looks like to be there? Just from a map and a route? Not so much. So, that's where you might see, there's the close-up, there's the route. And you can see my GPX. This is a route I actually walked. There's, there's all the little deviations and the different places we visited, including in a magnificent pole, hence the little kicking out bits. We, we went off because we, we decided you have to see a really big pole. What else are you going to do in the Peak District? But does that give you my experience? Is it like you were there yet? The sun was shining, there was a bit of wind, it got a bit noisy at times, had to shelter when we ate our lunch. What did it look like? What was the experience? It took us four hours, 20 minutes to do that walk. There was a beautiful sunset. There was a bit of bracken. There were some rocks. You still don't know what it was like, even if I was to tell you in great detail, blow by blow, and trust me, I could. I'll spare you. We have a route in the Peak District and it tells us exactly how many kilometres of walking, the height gain. We even got a photograph to give you an idea of what it may look like and feel like 
underfoot. And the map showed you the details, field boundaries. It showed you a rough idea of the terrain. My GPX information could show you how fast you might be able to walk it and um, where you might want to take a break and what sights you might see on the way from the photos. But then there is the lived experience the wind in your hair, the sun on your face, or maybe the raindrops, seeing that kestrel flying and hearing it call across the vista. The magnificence of standing atop monolithic rocks and then walking through the bracken as you look up and see them above you having come down beneath them. The sun was setting and there was beauty all around. But you have not lived that experience. You've only heard about it. You've seen it, maybe. And sometimes the word of God can feel like that. Like a book, like a map, like a route plan, like advice, like somebody else telling you what it feels like, what it looks like, what it smells like. And that's why Jesus came to say, I am the way, the truth, and the life so that we would know how God truly sounded and looked and treated and lived. And we are invited to walk that with him so that we actually know what it feels like to walk that out. It's no longer just a dusty map and a route guide. It comes to life as we are in the midst of it. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Now, who knows the difference between a shepherd of biblical times in the East and a shepherd modern day here in the West? Any ideas, except for drones, we know drones didn't exist. Any idea what the difference might be? Les, I saw your hand, what's the difference? The sheep followed. When Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and they follow me, you see here, this is an eastern, well, hey, this is an eastern shepherd and he is walking ahead and he says, come follow me and they follow him. There's no chasing, there's no pain, there's no fear. Those sheep are panicking when they're being chased. Those sheep are all, and they're trying to work out where they're going and they don't know. They can't see which way to go. They've just got to guess and deal with something chasing them. But how peaceful is that walk along the road when they're following the leader, the leader, the leader, following the leader, wherever he may go. For you Disney fans. Jesus is inviting us to follow him. And we don't need to worry about what route we're taking. We don't need to constantly, constantly be checking the map and going, is this the right place? Is this the right place? Am I on track? Because when somebody knows where they're going, you can relax and enjoy the journey, knowing that they're not gonna walk you off a cliff. They're not gonna lead you through a river. A blue line on that map could be a stream or it could be a massive river. And if it's rained, you might discover that that, um, that lovely little ford of a crossing is actually a dangerous torrent that's going to sweep you off your feet. Local knowledge and understanding 
cannot be knocked when walking. Imagine what it looks like when trying to traverse the complexity that is life. Our life today here. Jesus said, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid because I know where I came from and where I am going. But you have no idea where I came from or where I am going. Does it matter that we don't know the full glorious detail of our life if we trust the one who is walking us through it. Actually, I probably don't want to know in advance the date that one of my relatives is going to die. Because as much as I might think I do, how much dread am I going to live with as I approach that day? Do I actually want to know the amazing things I'm going to do for Jesus right now? Because if I did, would I be so focused on them instead of him that I miss what's going on in the now? We don't need to know where is next and we don't need to worry about the route. We are just called to follow. And I have here some treasure hunting for you. I'm not going to go into all of those, but those are the instances where Jesus said, follow me. There is so much I would love to share with you, but I'm aware that we have time. And for those of you in one of the church WhatsApp groups, I can happily drop the slides in so you have them for a reference. Or feel free, as we've got some on the front row, to take a quick photo. I'll keep my head out of the way. There is gold in them, their hills. There is gold in them, their scriptures. That roadmap that he's given us, those revelations, those nuggets that bring the texture and the taste and the color to life. Jesus says, I am the word. And we know that the scripture, the Bible, is the word, the word of God. So how do we get to know Jesus? And how do we walk in these greater exploits that we will do even than he did? By seeking his face. Oh my gosh, so it's become apparent to me this last few weeks, God just keeps pointing out instances of people and those people that I look up to who are walking in the will of God and having amazing lives and seeing miracles happen and people saved and fulfilling their purpose and doing things that bring joy to their heart. I went, what's, what's the link between them all? One of my mentors said, I went through a season, and this is in business, where when my world crashed around, all I could do was read the Bible because it was the only place where I found calm. And I spent four or five plus hours every day in the Gospels. When they talk about Jesus, he is alive and real. I spoke to another one of my, uh, a business coach I have, and she said, when my world fell to pieces, I was so desperate that the only solace and peace I found was in scripture. And now when she speaks, she opens her mouth and truth falls out, the wisdom of God, because those pages aren't a dusty old map, but they are lived experience for her. 
I was talking to a friend last night about Catherine Kuhlman. She saw great revival healing meetings happen. People would walk in the room and their whole, they would get saved, their bodies would start working in ways they couldn't have dreamed of, more than they could ask, think or imagine. And she said, I couldn't limit prayer to one hour with God because then I would think that it was my effort in that one hour that produced these results. I had to pray every hour of every day. I am in constant communion with him. So get excited and treasure hunt him because you do hear him. And I need you to know, you hear the voice of the Lord. My sheep hear my voice. You may not know you do. You may not realize it is him, but you hear him. You hear him. Sometimes it will be that little voice in your mind that gives you common sense. Sometimes you'll see it written on every building. I had a friend who had the same word highlighted all over the place. To me at the moment, God's speaking through the number 11. It's everywhere. Including 22, 44, 66. Even my emails from other people come in at these times. God's like, I am in the detail. I'm in every moment of every day. So how on earth do we know where to? I can't tell you where you're going. Each of your lives looks different. Each of you is uniquely formed and blessed by God with skills, talents, abilities, and more. And you have a purpose. You were created for a purpose. And you get to go treasure hunting with God to hear his voice and discover what your purpose is. Now, we all have a purpose. Rob was brilliant in expounding on this a few weeks ago, that even if you don't know the direct what should I do in this moment, you know that we are called to glorify God and to go to the nations and spread his name out and help other people know that they are as loved as we are. But there's specifics and he can't wait to whisper them to you. Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me, he says, and I will tell you more things that you did not know. There are so many scriptures. If you go on a treasure hunt, this was something God had me on about two weeks ago to about two months ago. So, And it was all of the places where he says, ask Seek, knock, call to me, ask me questions, I will answer. Now, if God is the truth, Jesus says, I am the truth. And in the truth, there cannot be a lie. Then when he promises that when you call to him, he will answer, he is not joking. He will answer. It may not be where you think, what you think, and how you think, but he will answer you. So open up your eyes and open up your ears and you will see it. You will be amazed. You will be surprised. You will be dumbfounded. You will be left speechless. There have been days recently that he has brought me to my knees because I have just been like, wow, how did you do that? And just when you think you get an idea of how he might do it, he changes and does something else. 
So I can't tell you where to, but he can. I know a man who can, and he will speak to you, and he is the truth. So you can trust what he says, and the great place to start is in those words that he has left us with. Get in the Gospels. Get into the words that Jesus spoke. I spent this week listening to the Gospels on audiobook to get through them all. I still didn't manage it because I kept going back and re-listening to some of the same passages because I kept going, what? This is here. I've read this before, but I don't remember this. Where did this come from? As he gives new revelation and new joy and new sight. And it, it matched exactly what I needed for that day in that moment. I got to the point where I was getting so excited. I was like, oh yeah, I need to get back into John to I am the way, the truth, and the life. But oh my gosh, look what he's doing in Matthew. Look at these miracles. Isaiah 30 tells us from verse 20b through 21, and it will come up in two seconds. Yet your teacher will not hide himself anymore, but your eyes shall see your teacher, and your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it, when you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. And if you keep reading this whole passage, it's a good one. I, I, I encourage you to read it. You see the result is they changed their lives. They threw away the idols, the things they worshipped and focused on and worried about and dealt with instead of God. And they moved into this place where life prospered. Their food grew and multiplied from the desert place where they were. This was a prophetic word that God was telling them where his people would be, not in the pain and suffering, but in the joy of his provision. So he has promised you that he is not hiding himself anymore. Jesus made him clear. Jesus made the Father clear. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, the triune God, the teacher, the comforter, and you shall hear a word. That's a promise. You shall hear a word saying, this is the way, walk in it. Now, I've heard some people say that God doesn't give that exact specific instruction of whether I should eat cheese or tuna, of whether I should buy the brown shoes or the black shoes, of whether I should go for this job interview or that job interview. But I beg to differ. I would say he doesn't always because he trusts us and he invites us to talk it through with him and partner with him, but sometimes he does. So be expectant of what he may help you and lead you in. I was asking, what am I to share today? And there were some things he was like, no, not for today. No, not for today. No, not for today. Let's keep, keep in narrow. Why? Because just one word... Because just one moment in his presence can change everything. He is the king of kings, the king of glory, and you can walk away forever changed. And that thing that's been plaguing you and hurting you for your entire lifetime can be broken like that. Because you spent time in his presence and it doesn't have to be hard and it doesn't have to be painful and you don't have to relive the memory. He wants to heal you and bring you to life.
if you heard me in November, you'll have heard me say that Jesus said that he is the truth. And we also spoke about how the truth will set you free. But okay, if Jesus is the truth and he is the way and he says, you will hear my voice, doesn't that mean, Elizabeth, that I am failing at life and everything because I don't think I can hear his voice? Doesn't that mean that I'm just rubbish? You've all got it sorted and here I am struggling. I want to believe that truth. I want to believe that he has a plan for my life. I want to believe he is preparing a place for me, that he's gone to his father's house in heaven to make this magical, mysterical room where there's no pain and no suffering, but that's not what my life looks like. What happens when I don't believe it? What happens when I don't see it? What happens when it doesn't make sense to my reality? Well, I can't stand here and give you an exact answer, but I can say when my life fell apart, Jesus came to me and he showed me a rainbow every day. When my life tragically got messed up and things happened that I would never have asked for and there was nothing I could do about, he hugged me to sleep every night for a month so that I could have the peace to sleep and shut my eyes and not be in fear. He became so real to me and I know so many countless testimonies of the different ways he's done it for different people because he knows exactly what you need and how you need to meet with him. John 8, 31 to 32. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word and you are truly my disciples, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. It's not that you can't and it's not that it hasn't. It might be that you're not in the fullness of that yet. It might be that you don't know exactly what that looks like yet. But that just means you're in the now and the not yet, that you're walking it out. And there's, I don't know, who has heard of Francine Rivers' um, book or the movie Redeeming Love? Yeah, a few. Well, I'll summarize the story quickly for you. This character here is Angel, but I think she's called Mara in the book. And she has had a rough, tough hell of a life. She has been born out of wedlock. Her mum was the mistress to a man. And when she said something he didn't like, he cut her off. They ended up in dire poverty. And her mum had to work in the way that some women have to in some places. To earn money to keep a roof over their head and food on the table. And Mara learnt... I am worth nothing and nobody will do me any favours and I have to protect myself because there's only me. Because her mum died and she was sold into slavery at eight years old. And yeah, I'm, this still happens and in many ways, even if that isn't our story, there's elements of it that can be. But then, 
in the story, in the film, this other character, he's called Michael, and he has been, he's a godly man, and he's been praying to God, God, send me a wife, somebody to do life with, somebody to love and to hold and to cherish. And he sets eyes upon Angel as she's being paraded down the street before taken back to the place where she works for people to come and purchase and spend time with her. And he pursues her and she doesn't believe it. And he pursues her and asks her to marry him. And she doesn't believe it. And then she gets beat up and he finally pursues her and she says, all right, then I'll marry you. But she still sees herself as a slave. She has been set free and into freedom she can do whatever she wants and Michael lets her go when she needs to go. She leaves a few times, she goes in a cycle, but this is at one moment when she comes back and he says, this is the life I want to offer you, angel, one full of color and warmth and beauty and light. Just give me a chance. And her response is, if you knew half of what I did, you'd send me right back. To which Michael says, listen, you did not choose the life you had, okay? But you can choose the life you want. What Jesus did was he took us from the place of pain and suffering where we thought that that was the only way. And he says, let's move into life. This is what I'm offering you. Everything. All of me. And she wants to believe it, but she can't because her brain has been conditioned, her life has told her a different story. What is true in her reality is not the truth she is being told. Belief can be like that. We hear the truth. And we go, oh, that sounds so much better, that's what I want, and then we go. But then the fear comes back and we go, how can this be so? I don't deserve it, or this isn't reality, or, in Mara's case, she goes, I can't, once she gets to the point she believes that she's, she's allowed to be free, she then feels like she'll upset him because she can't bear children, so she runs away again. She self-sabotages, and the cycle goes on and on, and we are caught in the same cycle of Jesus has said this about me. He has said that I am free, that I am clean, that my sins are as far as the east is from the west that I have removed them from you and I have forgotten about them and you are starting again with a clean slate by my blood. It has paid the sacrifice. There is nothing left to do. You cannot earn my love. I give it to you for free. And we go, yeah, but, 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 and the fear comes in. And we go, but I don't deserve it. And we run away and we self-sabotage and we run away from God and he comes after us or he gives us the freedom until we're ready to return and he says this is the truth and eventually we start to believe there's a beautiful verse in Romans if you had known me you would have known my father also and from now on you do know him and you have seen him We didn't, we live in a place where we don't fully and we come into the place where we do. It's a journey and it doesn't happen overnight. But I tell you, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. And just before I get onto the final stage, life, 
the way, the truth, and the life. I want to talk a little bit more about truth and about the situation that Angel was in may seem similar to you. Your father may have let you down. I have a friend who, when he heard the footsteps of his dad coming in from the pub late at night, fear and dread filled his heart because he knew that he was going to become a punch bag that night. I had another friend who I won't even talk about her story, but she unfortunately had to stand and testify against her own dad. Some of you, when you hear the word father, your heart breaks and you think, I don't want a dad. I don't want, Jesus says, I'll show you the father. Well, I don't want to see no father because father, that means hurt, pain and memories. I'm better off on my own. I'm better off earning my own money, doing things that I don't like than being subject to that. Others of you have had a fabulous experience. I remember when I was young, hearing the sound of the key in the latch, knowing my dad was coming home from work and running up to him and he'd give me a big hug. When I was a bit older, it looked a bit different because he worked so many hours. I don't even want to count, probably over 100. But I could hear when he kept, I used to wait up and I'd hear when he would come up the stairs, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, something like that, but he would come and sit and talk with me. And he showed me a little bit of what the father's face looked like, but nothing compared to what Jesus showed us. He says, if you know me, you know my father. Well, if your image of father is hurt and pain and broken or let down or disappointed or rejected or forgotten, that's why Jesus came because he had to show you the truth of who the father was by what he looked like. He looked like the man who when he saw so many, he moved in love and compassion and mercy time and time again. The woman at the well, the woman with the issue of blood, the centurion servant who was sick and dying, the teacher of the law's daughter who was supposedly dead, the woman caught in adultery who was given a death sentence, the hated tax collector, you name it, every walk of life, every level of finance of culture of society and he loved them so if this isn't the God that you know then you just need a fresh revelation he's saying I am the way the truth and the life and if this is not your current truth then let me show you what the truth is press in and seek my face because faith comes by hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ I'm happy to say in redeeming love, she eventually believed it because she heard it with the unconditional love of her spouse. And if as a man, we know how to give good gifts to our children and not a snake when they ask for a fish and not a rock when they ask for bread, how much better is your father in heaven who gives you good gifts? God superlatively more than you can ask, think or imagine and he loves you. And do you know how I know he loves you? we could skip about four slides to who am I so
Psalm 139, you are created in my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful and I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days were ordained for me, were written in your book of life before one of them came to be. He has seen you, he has heard you, he knows you. He is the God who hears, that's one of his names. He is the God who sees, that is one of his names. And he wants to make it real. And sometimes we've got to go on a treasure hunt. Matthew 13, 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. And in his excitement, he hid it again. And he sold everything he had. He got rid of the spare clothes. He got rid of his house. He got rid of probably his oxen for farming a field or whatever he had in the way of, of work gear to get together enough money to buy the field because he knew the treasure was so big it was worth everything he had when we know that we know who Jesus is the way the truth and the life and we know what that life looks like and we know how amazing it is and how big it is and how glorious it is then we know then we know that it is worth everything giving everything laying it down and saying I think I know what I'm doing, but I want to give up that control. I want to stop trying to run my own life, and I want to let you go there and take me into those amazing things and know who I am. Because the truth that God speaks over your life that brings life to those of you who love him, he says... Accept one another just as Christ has accepted you in order to bring praise to God. He has made us accepted in the beloved. Do you know what, Colette? You are accepted. I have been justified through faith. We have peace through God, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Sue, you are justified. It is just as if you never sinned. Because I know you know the Lord and he has done that for you. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Nicole, you are redeemed. You are brought into the kingdom of light. Each of these truths are true for each one of you who knows God, and they can be if you want to step up and know his son. This is what he's invited you into. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Since then, it is by faith we are justified. Let us grasp the fact that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Dan, you have peace with Christ. You're justified. You're not condemned.
I know God and I am known by him and I hope you do too, but if you don't, I invite you to come to know him, to come to know what it means, to find those promises in scripture, to go on a treasure hunt, to seek the kingdom, to find the truth he speaks with you. Start with the gospel, start with Matthew, Mark, Luke and John and see what Jesus says about you. He is the way, he is the truth, he is the life, and no one comes to the Father but by him, but he is in the Father, and the Father is in him. And when we are in Christ, that means that all of Christ, all of the Father, all of the Spirit is in us, and he's made his dwelling in us, that we might live life in all its fullness, in all eternity, we are reconciled to be with him. And I dare you to imagine what that could look like. So may Jesus blow your mind, speak his truth, break every chain, remove the pain and move you into his kingdom of light today. In Jesus' name.